Father Casey, uh, last year's deacon was at the other masses. If you want to catch his sermon, look online. So <clears throat> see, it's probably better than this one, but anyway. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I got a little bit of, of uh, uh, allergies this morning. This, this, this second reading is particularly haunting, I think. St. Paul is, he says, for the world as we know it is passing away. And he's speaking 2,000 years ago. Um, somebody, uh, I, kept, I keep copies of certain things that move me. And one of them was somebody had a dream once and wrote it down because it was so moving to him. And it was moving to me. And last time I told this story many years ago, I think it was moving to some others here as well. Uh, the man had a dream in which he came down the stairs in his house that he was living in to find that there was completely different furniture in that house. And he couldn't figure out why that would be. And as he went through the house, it seemed as though it wasn't his house anymore. And then, but in the corner was his, his piano, that, that which he loved the most, playing the piano. His piano was still there, but somebody else was playing it. And he called the dream, somebody else is playing my piano. And his, his conclusion was, all of this is passing away. We can't hold on to anything. And from that, from, that, from that I got the idea that I've mentioned quite frequently is that we're all renters. Nobody owns anything here, nothing. We don't get to keep a thing, not even our bodies. And St. Paul is mentioning this, and the place that he's at is in Corinth. Corinth was one of the biggest and richest uh, epicenters of the Roman Empire. And it was filled with, with commerce and, and a crossroads and just all kinds of interesting things and very pagan. Uh, filled with pagan shrines, the, 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 the temple to, I think it was Artemis, I'm not quite sure, I think that's who it was, but anyway, it's on the top of a hill and it was basically a brothel. So this is the kind of thing that people had to give up to become Christians. And St. Paul worked there for a couple of years making tents. That was his, made, made his living with that. They used those to travel around the Roman Empire and Jews used tents for worship. And so that's what he did. He, he paid his own way and he stayed there for a couple of years, wrote three letters to them. We have only two of them because in one of them they, he chewed them out so they didn't, form, they didn't, they didn't share that letter. What do you know? Uh, and even today, you know, you come back 2,000 years later, and while it's in ruins, there are some buildings that are a little bit better than others, that world of which he spoke has passed away. Yet you can still see some of the, you know, as you know, all throughout the Roman world, you see these, these the Ionic and Doric and Corinthian, in this case, Corinthian columns came from Corinth. Uh, all the beautiful Greek architecture that we, we have borrowed in our own country, things like the Supreme Court, for example, is, is based on the Parthenon. But um, one wonders what will be left of our world. Will anything be left in 2,000 years? When I'm old enough to remember floppy disks, anybody know what I'm talking about here? If you're, if you're 40 or under, you don't, you've probably never used it. Does anybody have a machine that can read that? 
Do you think it'll be around even in 100 years? In our information age, as, as connected as we are, it's all going to be lost, probably. These people who wrote in stone, we've still got it. I think if anything is going to survive, it'll probably be these glue lambs. There's so much concrete under this building. It's got more than the Hoover Dam. So I think we may, I don't know what, what Catholics will be worshiping in this, but I think these, these are going to outlast any earthquake that nature can throw at us. But you wonder, the world as we know it is passing away. I've told this story many times. You know, fathers, Reedy and Blackburn, one of them bought the land and another one built the first church that we just tore down. God, you know, God love them all. But um, we had them, we had their pictures in the hall and um, they were both alive when I got here. And we had the names mixed up for two years but until somebody, Karen Sharsh, came along and said, you know, you've got the wrong names on these guys. <laughs> Think about it. One had the foresight to buy all this land when Kaiser was still rural out here and another one built the first church and nobody remembers who they are I mean you do but you didn't notice did you they're going to look at my picture and say who's that funny looking priest (laughs) (laughs) they look at me and say who's this I don't look like that picture anymore I've been here so long it's you know St. Paul goes into this thing and he says try to figure this out those weeping from now on, act like those, those who are weeping, not weeping. If you're rejoicing, to not rejoice. Buying, but not owning. What he means is, everything is an opportunity for detachment. If last week's ice storm was a pain in the neck for a lot of people, I got halfway across the parking lot, I had these clip-on cleats, they're, they, they're great for ice, they really are, except that one of them came off my shoe halfway across the parking lot. And I thought, oh, God, now my hip is going to go. I just got over my knee. It was scary. You know, the world almost passed away right at that moment. But, you know, these, we, all these things, an illness, uh, a time for rejoicing, you know, and, and the, the world events and getting, getting laid off from a job or getting a new job, all these things pass away. Our health comes and goes. I've had one weird illness after the other, but you, you guys have put up with me for, for almost 20 years, with, and now I'm getting a cataract, and I guess that's an easy one compared to some of the other stuff. But um, St. Paul is telling us, be detached. Be detached. I'll share with you, um, yesterday we buried Joe Deal. I don't know if I mentioned somebody's funeral, but, but it was, he, he was very well known to all of you. And he was the second person I met when I got here. I didn't know anybody except two people. And, uh, but for 20 years, almost exclusively, very, it was rare that he was not here for a funeral. And nobody knew he was doing it. It was one of these things where if, you, if you're doing it right, you don't notice it, you know. But he would always hand me the, the, the incense, because we do use incense usually twice at a funeral, at least I do. So when I, we incense the altar as we do on high feast days here, and then we incense the casket or the or the ashuary where the where the uh, ashes are kept. And so he he was he had been cremated. So when I came up to him, I had the incense. And remember, he had handed me the incense for 20 years at funerals. And uh, I don't know if any of you saw me do this, but I'd never done it before. 
I took that incense and I, I just set it right on, right on top of that thing. I said, this is for you, Joe, because uh, he had handed it to me for 20 years and I handed it back to him. And I thought, the world, and I thought of this gospel, you know, I wasn't preaching. I, I found out I am preaching. Um, the world as we know it is passing away. How quickly time passes. And what is the most valuable thing in our lives on earth? Time. It's time. We think we have more than we do. It, my mother told me this when I was in my 20s. My grandmother who raised me. She said, Life is, life's going to go by faster than you think. Has any, any of you young people heard this from your parents? It's, it, you can't comprehend it until, until it happens. And then suddenly, it's like a ride at Disneyland or something, it's over. And we find ourselves in the next world. This world is for repenting. That's what the first reading and the gospel talks about. They, they go together, the first and third readings. Jesus says, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. You know, we don't know if we even have a tomorrow. You know, we probably do, but one day we won't. And when that happens, we won't be ready, so we have to ask for mercy, right? That's why I like all these mercy pictures around here. I intend to ask for mercy. The older I get, the more I want mercy. It's just the way it is. You begin to think about life and wish you had done things differently, and you know, and you can't go back, but God can. And if you need something serious, confession is available. He goes right back into the past and forgives it and never brings it up again. Best deal in the world. So many people here take advantage of that. But when God gives us an opportunity, like last weekend's ice storm, which turned out to be ice and snow, which turned out to be not as bad as the previous one, thanks be to God. But all these things are teachable moments. And, you know, like at the funeral and that one, and, and we had another one earlier in the week, and everybody's different, and they were, they've all been pretty moving to me, every one of them. And... Uh, but each time is a teachable moment for the people that are there. I, I wish I could wring their necks sometimes. It's hard to put it that way, but I said, do you realize that this is going to be you one day? Do you realize how precious life is? Your, how precious your family is? Could you put aside your differences and make up? And you can't get into heaven without, without forgiving or at least, at least trying. Do you realize the stuff you're accumulating is, is worthless in the end? That that's not what life's about? It's not just about a career? You get to the top and somebody bumps you off and then they take over. Life's got to be about more than those things. It's not just about cruise ships. And I, I, I can't stand cruise ships. I get, I get seasick. But, uh, but, you know, whatever it is on earth, it's a passing joy. Every earthly pleasure is a passing joy. And that's on purpose. There's that hauntedness that we feel, especially at, at certain times. And that's God speaking in our hearts, telling us, there's something more. Look toward my kingdom. Get ready. Uh, enjoy life. Rejoice. And, and at the same time, the sorrow is also an opportunity to reflect on the transitory nature of life. The worst things that ever happen to us are temporary. Eternity is forever. So God, everything God is doing I don't pretend to have answers. I, half the time at funerals, I haven't got an answer for the family. Some things are pretty awful. But I do know that we're going to agree with God in the end that what he did with us was for the best. And 
that every everything in our lives is an opportunity to learn something, to grow and to serve. This is what we're here for, not for ourselves, to grow and to serve. And to remember that God is constantly giving us opportunities to be detached from ourselves and our will and our way for the world in its present form is passing away.